Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Brandon Bolden over his shoulder. Got two feet down inside the pylon. And for the first time in 2022, the Raiders in the end zone. Carr claps his hands. Now gets the ball. Back to pass again. Fires towards the end zone. Adams reaches. Grubs! Diving grab for his first Raiders touchdown just inside the pylon. What a throw and catch. The Fresno connection works for the Raiders. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are, Raider Nation. A beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, a little earlier for Raiders practice. Got to see a little something, some, you know, a little stretching period. Took a couple videos, tweeted that out. Got to talk to head coach Josh McDaniels. And later on this afternoon, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, they'll talk to the media by way of the podium. And then you'll also get an opportunity to hear from some guys in the locker room. Of course, I'm not there to go into the locker room, but they will have some locker room access. So some other players uh, will be made available if we get some get some sound or some uh, action from some of those players. We'll definitely bring it to you throughout the course of the show. But Raider Nation felt really good about everything today, man. Just knowing that today is Wednesday, knowing that it's another game week, knowing that it is officially time to turn the page to the Arizona Cardinals. And I think head coach Josh McDaniels, I think he said it best this morning. So we're uh, deep into Arizona. Um, This is a uh, really talented football team. Um, And then looking into them last, looking at them last year, uh, eight and one on the road. So, you know, playing away from their home stadium is something that they uh, were very comfortable doing last year and uh, had a lot of success doing it. Um, you know, certainly got off to a fast start last year, and uh, I know that uh, just much like we did, you know, didn't get off to the start they wanted to last week. But um, they got a they got a lot of explosive elements to their game. Um, it's probably the word that I would use to describe them most uh, in all three phases. Um, and uh, we're hard at work getting getting familiar with these guys in uh, in all those phases. So it'll be a big challenge for us this week. Just love how that set the tone for uh, the whole day, really, when head coach Joshua Daniels meets with the media and he opens it up without a question and just says, hey, we are deep into the Arizona Cardinals. That means that it's official like a referee's whistle. The page has been turned. So I say that to start to show off with there's no more reflecting. There's no more looking back. We've had a couple days to saw. Everything now is full steam ahead. We're moving forward. We're doing it here on the show. The, the team is doing it at the facility. They're preparing for week two. They're preparing for the Cardinals, who, as you heard from head coach Joshua Daniels, was very good on the road a year ago. Coming up on the show today, how do we turn the page? Well, Ed Smith, he's going to join us from Believe Podcast Network. He's a two-sport pro. He played baseball and football at the highest level, and he's going to join us. He uh, does a podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, all things Arizona Cardinals. So we'll get our first taste this week of Arizona, what to expect from the Cardinals. And we'll do that at 2.30 with Ed. And, of course, throughout the rest of the week, we'll continue to dip into Arizona Cardinals and how everything's progressing as the injury report comes out for Wednesday, for Thursday, for Friday, continuing to give you up to date on what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals, just like we did a week ago when it came to the L.A. Chargers. So we're going to make sure that we have you 100% fully knowledgeable about the team visiting Allegiant Stadium. So Ed Smith, again from the Believe Podcast Network, two-sport pro, 
baseball, football, did it on the highest level. He's going to join us at 2.30 at 3 o'clock. Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, she'll join us, and she's got to join us, right? Got to talk about those LV aces and the way that they were able to pull off another victory and in really dominant fashion uh, last night. It was great to see. They go up 2-0 and on the series in the best of five series, and they can close things out Thursday night uh, against the Connecticut Sun. Of course, you can hear that game on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. It was great to hear from Coach Becky Hammond last night, a little extended unnecessary roughness, about 15 extra minutes hearing what she had to say pregame with T.C. Martin. I thought that, that was really cool. We'll probably do that again on Thursday, right? I mean, if you have an opportunity to win a championship, why the hell not, <laughs> right? Why the hell not? She's got an opportunity in her first year as a head coach to bring a championship home to Las Vegas. And, oh, by the way, owner Mark Davis. And Mark Davis is a big-time supporter of women's basketball. Al Davis was a big supporter of women's basketball. Very excited about the opportunity that the Aces have and really hope that they get it done on Thursday. So most likely we'll probably hear from Coach Becky Hammond on Thursday around uh, 5 o'clock like we did yesterday. But for sure, we'll talk to Paloma Villacana coming up today at 3 o'clock, all things Aces and what she thought from the second sellout crowd in a row, over 10,000 fans at the Michelob Ultra Arena. By the way, Lil John was there performing at halftime, similar to what he did week 18 with the Raiders and Chargers. So look, Lil John, man, you get the, the recipe is if Lil John's performing at halftime, you're winning. He did it last year, week 18, for the Raiders-Charger game. Boom, victory. Did it last night for the Aces' son. Boom, victory. Hey, man, it's only dumb if it don't work, <laughs> right? It's only dumb if it don't work. So Paloma Villacana will join us at 3 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we'll hear from our good friend Adam Hill from the RJ and also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He'll talk all things Raiders as he's going to be there in attendance for Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and also locker room action. So he'll give us the vibe of the team as, again, they were out there on the practice field. Uh, there's some new additions, some roster additions that we'll tell you about, but he'll give you the vibe of what the locker room was like uh, and just tell us who he was able to talk to what they were feeling like as they're preparing for this game on Sunday. Again, the home opener. I think it's going to be a big deal at Allegiant Stadium. I think the crowd is going to be loud and proud, and it's going to be a lot of silver and black in the building. So excited about that. Adam Hill will join us at 4 o'clock. And then the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz. I had an opportunity to talk to him on, uh, on Sunday at uh, SoFi Stadium. I had an opportunity to jump on the pregame show with JT the Brick and Eric Allen, and I, I did that from the, the radio broadcast booth. So I was sitting there between Jason, I was sitting there in between Lincoln, and I was talking to JT. So that was a really cool experience for me. But Jason, that was his first regular season game that he called for the Raiders. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about what he said, saw that, that might have gone wrong and what he thinks could be corrected. Again, as we're moving forward to this upcoming uh, game against the Cardinals, what he thinks could be corrected moving forward with Josh McDaniels and this squad and uh, have the Raiders leave Allegiant Stadium on Sunday with a 1-1 one one record coming out with the dub. And, you know, I know this is going to sound – it might not sound weird at all. Uh, right now I know the Raiders are, I think, four-and-a-half to five-and-a-half point favorites uh, going into this game on Sunday. Similar to last week, I feel very confident that they're going to win this game as well. Now, I know next week when they go play Tennessee, that's going to be a different ball game, right? I'm a little I'm, – I'm curious to see what Tennessee does this week as they bounce back from what they did last week. So I want to see what they do, how they improve, but I know I'm not going to feel as much as, as confident in a win in that game as I do in this one with the Arizona Cardinals. I just, just, again, feel like that they have an opportunity to go win this game. But as Josh McDaniel said, and you heard him say it, they're a very good team on the road just a year ago. So Jason Horowitz will join us at 4.30. Of course, throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. &R. And sometime in the 3 o'clock hour, in between Paloma at 3 and Adam Hill at 4, we'll hear from either Derek Carr or Devontae Adams. I'm leaning 
Derek Carr because we heard from Devontae Adams out of the locker room uh, following the game on Sunday. And so we haven't got to hear from D.C. Interested to see what he has to say at the podium today. So we'll hear from him sometime in that 3 o'clock hour. Now, if we just somehow we just don't get him on time or something happens like that and our timing's off, then we'll hear from Devontae Adams. But both guys are really good. You know, those are both good good listens. So uh, definitely want to pay attention and make sure we hear from one of them. So Derek Carr or Devontae Adams, you'll hear right here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920 in that 3 o'clock hour. So that's the guest lineup that we have for you. We got some uh, sound from Jace, uh, from uh, from Josh McDaniels earlier this morning as he met with us around 1145. So we'll bring that to you throughout the course of the, the show as well. So excited about what we have. Again, turning the page to the Arizona Cardinals in week two. So now that you know all the guests that we have coming up, the plan for, of attack for the show today, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So I have a couple different show topics that I really want to bring to the table. And Raider Nation, I need your help with this. I really want to hear from you. Again, always like hearing you on the listener line. Always want to hear from you on the Sam and Ash text line. And I think that these days we get probably more texts than we do phones, phone calls. And the reason is because we have a lot of great guests. So you can always chime in on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Whenever we have a guest, that's fine. You know, anytime that you feel the need, you can hit us up. And that's the beautiful thing about the text line. And then, of course, when we do have open lines, you can hit us up. I just feel bad sometimes because some of you will hold on longer than I want you to hold on. I don't like having people on hold for a very long time, but I get it. If you want to get something in, you got to get something in. So sometimes we end up putting you on hold a little bit longer than we plan to, so we uh, apologize for that. But a couple different subjects that I wanted to talk about on today's show, and the first one is who are you looking for to step up in this game? Who do you think needs to have a big game this week? versus the Cardinals. Like, who is it that you're, you're looking at and saying, okay, this guy has got to have a big game in order for the Raiders to win on Sunday? It could be someone offensively. It could be someone defensively. It could be the head coach. I mean, it, it could be someone on special teams. There's a lot of different areas that you could look at and say, you know what? This guy needs to have, or maybe even this position group. You know, you can, that, that's fair, too. Offensive line, obviously, is a position group. Defensive line, position group. You know, the secondary, maybe the safeties. You want to see some bigger plays from the safeties. Or, you know, or you just have a gut feeling. A lot of times I ride with my gut feeling, you know, hey, this person's going to have a big game. And when I look at it and I start thinking about who I'm looking for to have a big game, I'm looking at the guys up front, but not on the offensive side, on the defensive side. And the reason that is is because the way I feel about Kyler Murray and what Kyler Murray is able to do with his legs, with his arms, you know, if it's a, if it's a plan that's a, a, a scripted play to run, you know, like a, an RPO, or if it's just a scramble drill. You know, like a, a week ago or on Sunday, Justin Herbert was scrambling because he was under pressure and he was keeping plays alive. Kyler Murray is going to have plays designed to have him run. You know, and, and really, I mean, that dude's a tough – that's a tough out, man. That's a tough guy to get to the ground. Uh, he's very comfortable scrambling around, getting into that little backyard-style ball and keeping plays alive and then chucking it down the field. And he's very accurate when he does that. I don't care if he's rolling to his right, rolling to his left. Really doesn't matter. Kyler Murray is – I mean, he does a really good job with that. So, for me, I'm looking at the defensive line. I'm looking at Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and they have to be disciplined. They have to be so disciplined in the way that they attack Kyler Murray because if they get out of their lanes or they try to cheat the drill or try to cheat what they're doing, Kyler Murray can get out and get loose. Matter of fact, 
That was the question that I asked uh, head coach Josh McDaniels when I talked to him earlier today was about that discipline on defense when you're going up against a Kyler Murray. Every play is an opportunity for something bad to happen uh, when Kyler is is on the other side. Um, This guy is a special, special player, and uh, there's not many players in the league that are like him, um, and certainly not many that I've coached against. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's a, first of all, I think the, the number one thing I would say about him is he's a really, really good passer, you know, and, you know, he can read the defense, he can get the ball to all levels of the field, he can make every throw, he's very accurate, um, you know, so that, that in its own, you know, is a tough challenge, you know, then you combine that with his ability to uh, either run the ball on design runs or RPOs or zone read. Um, and then every pass play could potentially be a loose play, you know. And so uh, he forces you to be absolutely on top of all your P's and Q's, um, and you can't take plays off and can't relax because if you do, uh, generally he, he makes you pay for it. So um, he's an exceptional player. Uh, this will be a huge challenge. Uh, excited to have the opportunity to compete against him, uh, but this guy is a, a really, really good football player. Head coach Josh Medano's right there talking about Kyler Murray, and I thought that was an important question to ask because he's not like just going up against another quarterback, even going up against a really good quarterback like Justin Herbert, as I mentioned. Justin Herbert's not going to go out there and put himself in harm's way where he wants RPOs, zone reads, all this good stuff. He, he's not going to do that. Now, he'll keep plays alive with his legs because he can, but that's what he, he wants to throw the ball from the pocket, just deliver strikes all over the field and let it go. Kyler Murray is a different animal. Say what you want to say about study time and Call of Duty and this, that, and the other. All that be damned. When the dude gets between the lines in a, in a, in a game day type situation, he knows how to play. And I realize they didn't have a good showing against the, car, uh, against the Chiefs. I get that. But also it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a damn good team. Right? Let's make no mistake about it. Obviously, they're okay without Tyreek Hill as Patrick Mahomes threw for five touchdown passes. I think they're going to be all right. But I'll tell you right now, man, Kyler Murray is a different animal. It's almost like, and I used to hear this all the time when I was covering college and high school as well, is that that one team that comes in and plays you that week and they just are different than the rest of the league, it's hard to prepare for that one team because they're different. It's like, oh, man, you got to cram for this team right, right now. And then the next, and it's similar to what the Raiders had to do with Lamar Jackson the first week of the season last year. But at least they got him week one, right? They had the whole offseason, all training camp preseason to prepare for week one. This time they had Justin Herbert, and now all of a sudden, oh, here we go. Oh, damn, we got to prepare for this dude in Kyler Murray. I'm not saying he's the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but I'll say he's a damn good challenge, right? And that's what it's going to be. So discipline for me along that defensive line, is, is really where I'm looking at. Like, I'm, I'm looking at those dudes up front saying, you've got to know your keys. You've got to know your discipline. You've got to be able to keep that dude in a pocket, not let him get outside and get a little squirrely. Because when he gets squirrely, bad things happen to the, uh, the, the defense. And when you get lazy, like Josh McDaniel said, if you take a playoff, bad things happen to a defense. But I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Of course, the Sam and Ash text lines, wide open like some old school TV antennas as well, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's talk to Mike right here in the 702. What's on your mind, Mike? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q, we got this one as an observation and two is to answer your, your key points. Okay. I'd love to see, okay. love to see the offense in, as a whole get clicking so we can see what we as fans and everybody, the expectations of the explosiveness that it can be. Okay. And two, 
I brought this up to JT earlier, and it was more of a personal observation. And I'd like to hear what what your thoughts are on it. Uh, Derek Carr, to me, it seems like he might still be in his head a little bit from when he broke his leg, that he's a little bit hesitant to want to go and run the ball a little bit. Even if it is only four or one or two yard, you know, that's better than taking a sack or throwing the incomplete pass. It just seems to me that he, he's still a little bit gun shy. I'd like to know what your thoughts might be on it. Hey, great call, Raider Mike. I appreciate you. I like the, the points on the offense. Get clicking, get going. So that's the position that you're looking at, just the offense and whole being on the same time and being on the same page, being together as one cohesive unit. Right. I mean, obviously, Derek and Devontae were on the same page for the most part. Right. I mean, they had a lot of success. Now let the success be with the rest of the offense. As far as D.C. and him not running the ball. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been saying that. I've been saying that for a long time now. Right. I, I pretty went, I went into pretty good detail yesterday about the fact that, you know, ever since 2016, when he broke his leg, he has not been the same guy as far as wanting to be mobile, want to run around and, and, you know, keep plays alive with his legs, similar to what you saw from Justin Herbert. And the only thing I choose to do, and, and I'm not talking to you specifically, I just choose to kind of let that point go because it's, it's obvious it's not going to change, right? So uh, I've, I've beat that horse until it's dead. I can't get any more blood out of it. I mean, it's, it's a wrap, you know. It's gone to the glue factory. It's already been sold as Elmer's. Somebody in school in Clark County School District is using it right now for an art project, right? It's just a done deal. So, I mean, it's just unfortunately you're right, you know, because he was mobile. He was a lot more mobile, not, you know, super – Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson-esque or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. He was definitely a guy that ran around the yard way more before he broke his ankle. So thank you for that call. Thanks for starting us off. Let's go ahead and hustle back out to the phone lines, talk to Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show, my man. What's up? Well, uh, my man, you know, Q, after, again, just sit back and thinking about everything we're saying, you know, it's a new game. Wednesday's here. It's done and over with. We can't go back and fix nothing. Right. But what I want to see this week, man, I just want to see I want to see a quarterback come out and show that he has faith in his whole team, man. I want to see Derek Carr, you know, watching the game again last night, Q. He waited till the clock was almost up. Almost. Oh, man, we just lost him. Did we just lose him? Is he there? Oh, we lost yeah, him. Yeah, we lost him. All right, well, hit us back, Passionate. We got it halfway through to the clock comment. Then, oh, there you are. There he is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So, um. I'm, I'm saying, man, it's almost making me start to think that these defenses are starting to trick Derek with we're showing him something to look because why does he let the clock go down to almost 2-1 every time he's got to hurry and rush that hike to where the offensive linemen are still looking around. So we know that that probably has to make him uncomfortable. And just been hearing Josh yesterday and today, you know, you kind of hear the, 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 you don't hear the stress, but you don't hear the, you don't hear the, uh, the I got you moment, like it's going to be okay. Like I think scratching their head. So I, I don't know, man, but what I really want to see, man, I want to see this defense come out knowing that the offense might be a little sketchy right now with Chandler Jones going against the Cardinals, man, and this little Kyler Murray dude, man. I just want to see this defense get gritty and take one on and put Derek on your shoulders again because that's what we're going to have to do is carry him. So let's do it with this defense, Q. Let's get nasty. Let's lay this boy down and let's just play football, man. It's not that hard, guys. This is what you do to get paid millions of dollars. Play the goddamn game and let's go. Man, it's a radio. It's a family show. So, uh, yeah, I got it, man. I got it. The defense needs to step up. I think that, you know, Derek Carr probably needs to not analyze as much at the line of scrimmage and start getting the ball out 
or getting the hike uh, in, you know, the snap in a little bit quicker than than uh, you know than he has in the first game. So yeah, I got you. But uh, yeah, man, you can't be cursing, man. It's a family show. It's a fa- it's a radio show, man. You you can do that on a podcast, but not on a on, on a radio. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines, man. Talk to Raider Fish. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, hey. Hey, Q, first of all, the low-hanging fruit would be Derek Carr and the O-line, okay? But let me go a different route. I want whoever knows how to do old-school yard work to step up. Hey, you ever operate a, a start a gas-powered lawnmower or a chainsaw or put a, 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 a fence post in a hole? Well, let me tell you where I'm going with this. Those are the motions you use to create turnovers. I want to see three turnovers. Start that line more. Start that chainsaw, baby. Right all good, all good. <laughs> there you go. We got some fire coming today. My man says start the lawnmower, start the chainsaw. Man, ever since I left Texas, I ain't thought about no yard work, but I got you. Jared, shout out to my man Jared back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio to assist my man DeMond, who's getting busy, man. Got all these callers coming through. We got a lot of texts coming through. We'll get to them. Uh, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. How about Glenn in San Jose? He said, what up, Q and DeMond? Max Crosby needs, needs to make life miserable for Kyler Murray. He should be able to expose Arizona's offensive line to make that happen. Great point, Glenn. Great point because the offensive line for Arizona is pretty suspect. Pretty suspect. So, yeah, I think Max Crosby, he had a lot of good pressures on Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, you've heard Josh McDaniel say that sacks are going to come. They just have to continue to get home, get home, get home, and at some point you're going to get the guy to the ground. I think Max Crosby needs to come away with a couple sacks come Sunday. Uh, mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q. I've been pounding this drum, and we'll keep pounding it until he turns it up. Chandler's the guy for me. I think he can turn it up. He's an X factor for me. Him and Max have to come off screaming off the edge and get in Murray's head to have him make mistakes. The D-line needs to make up for the O-line woes. I I like where everyone's going. A lot of folks, including myself, are going with the defense. You know, I mean, I think, honestly, I really do, and this might be me being foolish, and if it is, that's fine. I'll own it. I think the offense is going to come around and be fine. I really do. You know, I know the offensive line is a question. I don't like the seven offensive linemen rotating. I don't. I would like to see five guys and be comfortable with that. But I think the offense is going to be fine. I think once they get their timing down, once they get everything together on the same page, you know, once Devontae is the alpha dog, but Darren is also a big-time weapon and Hunter is a big-time weapon, you know, um, I I think that's going to be fine. I I heard Vinny talking earlier that as he was looking over the film again uh, from from Sunday, and again, I don't want to go back, but he was saying that on one of the plays, it looked like Hunter wasn't running the route full speed. Well, guess what? In the NFL, it's not college. It's not the Big 12. It's not the ACC. You have to run everything full speed so your defender doesn't think, oh, he's not getting the ball. He's just a, he's just running a dummy route. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's one thing. And I didn't catch that on film. But Vinny was pointing that out to me today when I was talking to him at the facility. You can't run routes like they're dummy routes. You have to run them like I might get the damn ball. Because if you don't, this is the problem. If you don't run that dummy route, then your defender could peel off and go make a play like we saw a play made uh, again in, in, in the game and uh, Derek get picked off. I'm not saying it's on Hunter. not saying that at all. But I'm saying that you have to – you have to go full throttle every time and make it look like you're going to get that ball each and every time. Uh, let's go out to the, the phone lines and talk to Redheaded Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. This is Redheaded Raider from 513 out of Cincinnati. Nice. I'm just saying, man, I, I, I'm not worried about the team at all. It's one game. 
you know, we have a great team. I believe in Derek Carr 100%. That wasn't Derek Carr out there. He was knocking off some rust. You know, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. And I don't think anybody should be worried. I mean, Devontae Adams is a freak. Max Crosby is a freak. we got a great defense. I think they played amazing. And honestly, I didn't feel like the offensive line played that bad neither. We just got to get rid of that ball. But I did remember hearing this morning, I was listening to one of Josh McDaniel's press conferences where he said that uh, um, Derek Carr, he's like a cocoon. He wants him to stay in the pocket. He wants him to throw. He doesn't want him to run. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I, I believe it. I mean, I really do. He's a great passer and a runner. Good stuff, good stuff. Thanks for the call. Yeah, he said that Monday. That was a response to Hondo's question about, uh, you know, every once in a while Tom Brady had to move around as well. But I think the the gist and I think what everyone's trying to say is that uh, even though nobody wants the quarterback to run, it's okay to move around the pocket. And, you know, if there's a few yards he could pick up in front of him, then go ahead and do it. You know, he doesn't have to be – you know, a, a track star. He don't have to be out there running around like that. But you remember early in his career, he used to at least roll around, scramble a little bit, keep plays alive, roll the pocket a little bit, stuff like that. That's what he did, and I thought he did a really good job at that when he was younger in his career. And then he had that big run against New Orleans the first week in uh, 2016 where he went and had that big run, picked up the first down, somersaulted over some defenders, uh, jumped back up, gave the first down signal right in front of Dennis Allen, was pumped up, fired up. Raiders going to win that game. So, uh, I mean, he has it in him. He just doesn't have him in him right now. He's matured to the point where he doesn't want to do that, and so he does it. And, and again, I just because I just refuse to beat that horse up because it's it's long left the stable, <laughs> right? That's long left the stable, and I don't see it coming back anytime soon. Coming up next, Ed Smith from the Believe Podcast Network. He was a he was a professional in two sports, both baseball and football. He'll join us to talk all things Arizona Cardinals. This. Is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Raiders made a few roster moves official today. They signed Keelan Cole to the active roster from the practice squad. Of course, he's a veteran wide receiver. They put wide receiver DJ Turner on the reserve injured list. He had an ankle injury following game one and uh, looked pretty bad when he was limping in the locker room. Uh, They also signed center Billy Price to the practice squad and signed cornerback Nikhil Roby Coleman to the practice squad. So a few little updates on the Raiders roster. But how about the Cardinals? What do the Cardinals have going on? Well, let's find out about it. Right now, joining us on the phone lines is Ed Smith, and he joins us from the Believe Podcast Network, talking all things Arizona Cardinals. You can find Ed on Twitter, at Ed Smith Speaks. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. My man, definitely appreciate you. And what's the vibe around the Cardinals right now and the fan base after uh, having that big-time loss to the Kansas City Chiefs right there in Arizona? Man, out here, man, first off, thanks for having me on Q. Uh, you know, it's almost like DEFCON 4 out here right now, uh, you know, after that really pathetic performance that we put up against Kansas City. And I think the most disturbing part was how it was a such a noisy offseason with scrubbing of social media, contract issues, uh, you know, suspension of DeAndre Hopkins. We had some traffic violations out here during training camp. So it's been so noisy Yet from within the Cardinals, it's like, hey, no, we got this. You know, you don't have to work hard in the preseason or play anybody. Hey, we're going to be ready. And then they come out and lay an egg like that. 
and it was just so disappointing. And like I said, man, now, you know, game two coming up, and we all know there's nothing as a, a easy win in the NFL. Here we are getting ready to go out to play you guys. You guys have to obviously be very angry after, you know, the loss uh, against the Chargers week one. So it only gets tougher, man, and I'm telling you, it's just, you know, like I said, this is all my, it's too early to call it a must win, but it's a must play a whole lot better than we did in game one. Otherwise, it's really going to get nasty out here. You know, Ed, you played, you know, multiple sports, both baseball and football professionally, and you mentioned not playing anyone in the preseason. There was a stat that ESPN had that eight of the 11 starting quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason, they all lost, including quarterback Derek Carr. How important do you think it would have been to get a few reps in the preseason? Uh, it is ultra important, Q. I, I couldn't understand. And, you know, I feel like a broken record because I've been talking about that fact all through the you know preseason, the fact that you know nobody was playing, none of our starters, and you know all the way from our quarterback down. And if nothing else, you know after the, what we did last year in the playoffs, got our heads stomped in. You would think guys would be chomping at the bit just to get out there, get a little action, you know, get some bumps, get ready to go. But the laissez-faire attitude that not just our players, but our head coach took, and then his explanation killed me. Q, his explanation of well, the Rams don't play anybody. How can I tell my players to go out there and play in preseason? Look what they've done. It's like, and I, I mean, I was like, wait a minute, you're the head coach of the team. They play when you tell them to play. So I think it's in, incredibly, you know, especially when you have new pieces coming in. Yeah. You have pieces that aren't going to be there. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, we're fine. I, I, I'm still scratching my head at that approach. And that could linger on uh, well past the first quarter of this season. Talking right now with Ed Smith here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, one of the big moves that the Cardinals made in the in the offseason was trading for Marquise Hollywood-Brown, but unfortunately, as you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games due to a suspension. So how does that dynamic work with the offense, not having the big-time playmaker in Hopkins, but now having Hollywood-Brown, who did score a touchdown on Sunday? Yeah, some of those scores and late stats, man, I put very little – uh, you know, on those, you know, right. scoring late in the fourth quarter when you're down by 20-plus and never even put an effort up throughout the game. I, what I saw was our quarterback, he was a little skittish in the pocket, you know, now having taken that red jersey off during practice, now, you know, the opposing team is getting after you. He didn't look like he had any timing with anyone, including Marquise Brown, who I don't care how much you talk about how they're old college teammates and all this, uh, you know, uh, the, the cohesion they had back in the day, none of that counts for anything now. Uh, so, you know, just, you know, and then minus DeAndre Hopkins, man, I'm telling you, just like I said, most of the time when you're coming into the faces, you got a game plan to stop DeAndre, which means you might have to give up something on the other side. Now we don't have DeAndre out there running around. We never even established a running game. Connor had 10 total two or 10 rushes for 20 some odd yards so we didn't establish that you make us one-sided uh i don't think anybody right now game planning like man we got to stop uh marquise brown because it now nah, i mean if you stop kyler murray then the rest will fall and that's exactly what i saw from this past weekend and it's you know according to my calculations five games until we get d hop back it could be a long five weeks man 
All right, Ed, something that I want to ask you about is on the defensive side of the ball for the Cardinals. We saw that when they played the Chiefs that they were rushing Patrick Mahomes at a rate that you usually don't rush Patrick Mahomes. You usually don't blitz and send five or more on Patrick Mahomes because he's going to make you pay for it, and we saw that on Sunday. So with this Arizona defense, is that something that they do, that they're just a blitz-heavy team? They can they can get into that mode sometime. I think what the issue was, you got to remember, J.J. Uh, Watt was inactive. We lost Chandler Jones who I'm sure he's salivating at the lips to get after, <laughs> after us this week here. But, you know, we, we didn't replace any of the holes. Edge rusher, we're, you know, weak. There's a couple different things. Cornerback-wise, we are so dilapidated that the, the, the defensive uh, coordinator, Vance, he might have thought, well, we got no chance if we let uh, uh, Mahomes sit back there and pick us apart. So what do we do? Hey, we're just going to throw everything at him but the kitchen sink, see if we can get lucky. No. You blitz Mahomes, and boom, he just eats you alive. It was, a, it was I guess, a choice to either die by, what, that thousand uh, <laughs> paper uh, cuts? Or, <laughs> yeah, or just go ahead and throw the kitchen sink at him and see what happens. Because we had no way of getting after him with our front. We could do is try to blitz him and hope for the best, and we see how that worked out. Ed Smith is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. You can find Ed talking about the Arizona Cardinals on the Believe Podcast Network. And, Ed, as far as, you know, going back to the corners struggling and the defense somewhat struggling, what is the game plan? What do you feel like the game plan and the adjustments are going to be made by defensive coordinator Vance Joseph when you got a guy like, uh, uh, De- not DeAndre Hopkins, excuse me, uh, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and, of course, Devontae <laughs> Adams coming to town? Man, a whole lot of prayer tonight before the game. That's what I assume is going to happen. Uh, because this could be a repeat of this past uh, weekend against the Chiefs. You know, I even before the game, I said if uh, Kelsey doesn't come here, out here and have a, a baller of a day, I'd be really surprised. And obviously he put it on us with over 120 yards receiving. I think he had eight receptions, a touchdown. I'm expecting kind of a similar, uh, you know, uh, feat by Waller, which I hope he does. Cause I have him on two of my fantasy teams. So I hope he gets up. <laughs> All, all disclosure, full disclosure, you know. Right. But, you know, like I said, with all those weapons you guys have, and then the fact, obviously, you didn't even mention Josh Jacobs. Right. He has this a normal day, and all of a sudden now we got to respect the run, play action, everything. We don't have the horses to keep up with you guys. Now, we all know this is the NFL, and they could shock the heck out of me, but with the way this season is starting off, it's kind of going according to what I scripted so far. It's all on paper. Game one is now in the books. Game two is on paper. We'll see how it uh, kind of plays out. But, man, it doesn't look good uh, if you're thinking about how this one might uh, show. Well, what about the the run defense? You mentioned Josh Jacobs. He only got 10 carries a week ago against the Chargers because the Raiders got behind early. But uh, if, if they stay on schedule and he actually gets to carry the rock uh, more than that, how, how, do you, how is the, the Cardinals' uh, run defense looking these days? Man, we were relying on our two young uh, linebackers-slash-jack-of-all-trades uh, between Simmons and Collins mm. to really show, and you know, they were going to be valuable weapons. The only problem is I don't know if those guys are ready for this increased role, especially, like I said, you lose a Chandler Jones, so now that front is depleted. Uh, you might have to use those guys coming downhill more. And to this point, you know, even through training camp, we only saw so much of both of them. But both in, in this game against the, the Chiefs, they were up in the 60s as far as snaps. Simmons had 61 snaps, I think it was. Mm. Three total tackles, bro. That's not going to do it. Wow. And Collins was in there for 67 snaps. He had seven total tackles. So if those guys aren't coming downhill and stuffing the run, 
that just opens so many things up for you guys, and it almost gets scary. And, you know, I, I think Carr is very uh, – he um, doesn't get as much credit as he should. Man, he's a valuable weapon, and he might show it this weekend against us. And, like I said, if you guys do what I think you might do in terms of coming out there, establishing the run, putting us on our heels, man, with Devontae out there, Renfro, like you said, Waller roaming the, the middle – all of a sudden, everybody starts getting a little nosy, you know, trying to come up and fill that hole a little bit because they're not doing it as well as they should. And over the top you go. Right, exactly. You know, Ed, you you brought up Isaiah Simmons and and uh, and Collins, and I like Collins coming out of Tulsa. Simmons obviously coming out of Clemson, but especially with Simmons, he's been in the league longer. Has is it just not clicked for him yet? What's been the biggest key? Because he was a very high draft pick. That is a great question, and and this is only theory for me. I've been preaching, hey, let that young man concentrate on one thing. Right. I think the emphasis, because he's a kind of a tweener, they're like, wow, we can use him in so many different ways. He can line up as a linebacker. We can put him in the defensive back, you know, as a safety. We can line him up against, uh, you know, running backs and wide receivers out of the backfield. This dude's head is swimming so much, man, where he can't concentrate on one singular thing. And I think that's kind of causing him because you can tell sometimes he has all the best intentions of the world but he's a step or two late because he's thinking too much out there and it's mechanical because he's trying to figure out wait a minute where am i supposed to be and that is uh, anybody who's played the game at that level you know the last thing you want to be doing is trying to think in between those 40 seconds and that ball is snapped and i think that's the biggest thing for me is asking too much of him trying to make him a jack of all trades trades instead of a master of one. All right, it's something that I want to ask you because you mentioned it, you know, this isn't a must win, but it's a both teams really need to play well because you don't want to be 0-2. And from hearing your analysis of this Cardinals team, before the season started, did you have them as a playoff team? No, I actually had them uh, at 8-9 and, and on our radio show. We do the Believe podcast and also on a radio show. My partner and I, we went through the entire, you know, exercise of going down the schedule uh, you know, he was a little more optimistic at 10 and 7, then possibly sneaking in. I have him at 8 and 9, and you look at the first three games of his schedule, I have the Cardinals in my prediction starting off 0 and 3 after a loss to Casey, after a loss to the uh, Raiders, and then, of all things, we have the Rams coming in here in week three. So, mm. you know, that's last year we had the benefit of that 7 and 0 start, and then we crumbled down the stretch, you know, and we've squeaked into the playoffs. This year, I think we might do the exact opposite, where we're struggling out the box and then climbing uphill the rest of the way, trying to, you know, fight with the rest of them to claim a last spot. But unfortunately, I do not have the Cardinals as a playoff team this year. I haven't taken a step back. All right, and so my next question is going to be, not to harp on too much of last year, but what's been the biggest drop-off? I know it's only been one game, but the biggest difference from last year's team and this year's team that you've seen? Uh, you know, I have to say, honestly, preparation and attitude. I don't know what happened to this team and organization where they made the playoffs last year and all of a sudden it's like they're beating their chest like, you know, hey, we made the playoffs last year. Even though we went and took that beating by the Rams, you know, hey, we're just going to roll into the season. And, you know, and that goes all the way from our head coach and his approach yep. Yep. Uh, through the through the offseason, through preseason, to our quarterback who pretty much, like I said, I'm still waiting to see his leadership skills more than anything. You can have all the ability in the world, but your leadership, and that just doesn't mean when the game is 
being played on Sundays. I'm talking about those grunt days in the offseason. You're the first one in the building, last one to leave. leave. Others see that, then all of a sudden they want to follow you. And, you know, for him, it's like you ask him about preseason and, you know, we also know about that controversy with a clause mm-hmm. having to be put into his contract. That shows me that he's not ready to lead this brigade. And I know you guys know because you have one out there in car. Anybody in that locker room would tell you that dude, I will run through a brick wall for him. I just get that scent. I'm not sure if we have that dude that everybody's, you know, he's got the money like the other guys, but <laughs> is, has he earned that respect? And, you know, like I said, the, the mantra of, hey, I will do whatever I need to do for that dude. And like I said, we're, 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 we're just trending in a bad way to so far this year and, and beyond, if you ask me. Hey, Ed, that's a great breakdown right there. That really is. And that's, that's some things that I think Raider Nation needed to hear as well to realize what they have in Derek Carr as a leader and as a quarterback. That was a, a fantastic breakdown on your part right there. Uh, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. What do you got coming out on the podcast? What do you got coming out on the radio show that we should be on the lookout for? Hey, man, we're going ready to drop this second one, getting ready for this game here. Uh, I believe we're going to probably have that one released tomorrow morning. And then also just to let everybody know, we do the Easy Sports Talk show on KDUS 1060 AM out here in uh, Phoenix every Saturday, live from 10 to noon. Nice. So we'll be chopping it up there as well. And uh, love to have you guys uh, join us on the show coming up one of these days too, man. Absolutely. Well, I'll definitely I'm going to send you my contact as soon as we hang up, man. And feel free to reach out anytime. I appreciate you. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this one uh, plays out. All right, brother. Appreciate you so much. There he goes. Ed Smith right there. You want to talk about some truths? You want to talk about some truths, Raider Nation? You just spent the last couple days licking your wounds and feeling sorry for yourself. And, man, you ain't the only team that's going through some things, right? I think that there's a lot more higher expectations for the Silver and Black than there are for the Arizona Cardinals, including leadership with the quarterback, the most important position on that team. I think what Ed said right there at the end was worth the whole damn interview. Right. What he just said about leadership and Kyler Murray's lack of leadership, not that we didn't already know that by the clause that they tried to put in his contract and what Derek Carr did. And I know what Derek Carr did last year. Don't win uh, games this year. I get it. But, man, you should be able to appreciate the fact that you have a guy that at least outside of the Raider Nation bubble is highly respected. 247 is the time. We'll come back. Close out our number one. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. A very appropriate return right there by DeMond Cotton, because I do expect the atmosphere on Sunday at Legion Stadium to be very UFC fight-like, right? I expect Raider Nation to show up and show out at Allegiant Stadium and make it an epic experience and not in a bad and in a bad way for the Arizona Cardinals. I expect Raider Nation to go up there and do the damn thing. Similar to what we saw in the preseason, similar to what we saw week 18. I know the stakes are a lot different than it was week 18, but I just want to continue to see that momentum build as far as the crowd just giving the Raiders that extra little edge that they that they need. And that's a big deal, something that Raider Nation has been talking about for a very long time. So, a uh, very very uh, you know, a uh, UFC like atmosphere-like on Sunday is what I'm looking for at Allegiant Stadium. Question I threw out there, who are you looking for to step up and have a big game this week for the Cardinals? That could be 
a player, that could be a position group, that could be a coaching. I mean, that could be a whole lot of whatever. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that you just need to have some guy say, you know what, don't worry, follow me. I got you. I'll be that leader. You know, I, I believe that on offense, Derek Carr is going to have a really good game. Again, I'm not concerned about the offense outside of, obviously, the, the issue with the offensive line. But at some point, these guys are going to f- figure that out. I just think that the offense is going to just start clicking and, and they're going to show their worth. But who else could step up? You know, who else could do what they do? Uh, Nesto hit us up on Twitter and said, running back needs a big game for a team to win. Uh, and, you know, I would have no problem with that. I, I was hoping Josh Jacobs or Zamir White or whoever else got more carries in the game on Sunday than they did. You know, with Josh Jacobs only getting 10 carries, we'd like to see him getting more. But it just didn't happen. Right, It just didn't happen. The The ball was thrown around the yard. They didn't have a whole lot of possessions to get it done. So I would like to see, and I think Josh Jacobs would like to see more carries as well. He's a volume back. He's a guy that, in my opinion, gets better uh, the, the, the later he's, he's running in the game. I think he continues to get better. So uh, I, I'm, really good. Uh, I, I'm really good with seeing a lot more of the, of the run game. Sal hit us up on Twitter as well. That was a chill pill the entire nation needed. OG callers lead by example. Please, you got my brother tripping. Let's go, fam. Raiders. So he was uh, talking about uh, let's t- talking to uh, Ed when we talked to Ed Smith just a little while ago about the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, Damon, uh, Ed, Ed caught you off guard. <laughs> Ed caught you off guard by uh, the Arizona, the, the, the sound that he has and the faith he has in the team where it doesn't sound like he has a whole lot of faith and that it looks like, and again, I don't want the Raiders to go in and think, hey, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're going to run over these guys because they're doom and gloom. But it didn't sound good when it came to the Cardinals, my man. No, it didn't. And usually when we have on these opposing guests for the opposing team, it's just, hey, these are some of the things that you think that the Cardinals do well. He didn't have nothing good to say about the Cardinals. No. When I asked about Patrick Mahomes, why do you think they were blitzing so much? Oh, because, like you said, death by a thousand paper cuts or <laughs> just one big shot. Right. So he doesn't believe that they have the rush to get the, the pass rush to get there with their front four. So they're going to be blitzing like that. And he also said that the cornerback position is dilapidated. And I know that no win's an easy win. But after today, it's like, whoo, man, looks like the Raiders are going to have a good game this week. I mean, very well could. You know, and if the the cornerback room for the Cardinals is not what it's supposed to do, if it's not up to snuff, that's going to be a long day, right? And Derek Carr gets the ball out of his hands. If you're blitzing him, he's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I mean, that's the one thing. If you actually send a blitz and don't just get home with the front four, he's going to beat you. You know, that's the one thing that I do know. And I don't, I'm not, you know, Josh DeBow from the AP, so I don't have the exact stats on me at all times. But I know that Derek Carr gets that ball out of his hand quickly when the blitz is coming, and his completion percentage is pretty stinking high. So there's that. Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted or sent me a text and said, good stuff from Hobbs. So apparently he might be sending us some stuff from uh, Nate Hobbs in the Raiders locker room. That would be great to hear that uh, coming up on the show. But coming up next, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We're going to shift our attention, kick off hour number two, talk a little aces, as that is the the little sisters to the Raiders, uh, also owned by Mark Davis. And they have an opportunity to bring a championship home to Las Vegas. We'll talk about it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.